Hola, bonjour, hello. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible to have a word language class where instead of teaching the language, the rules, and the vocab, you and your students use the language to enjoy learning about each other and the world? I hope your answer is a big yes, because that's exactly what you will discover inside Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. My name is Claudia Elliott, a Spanish teacher born and raised in Colombia, who is as passionate as you are to support our learners to grow in their proficiency and cultural competence. My goal is that in this podcast, you find clarity, strategies, ideas, and inspiration that you can bring into your classroom the next day. Are you ready? Get comfortable while I grab my cafecito colombiano and let's start this conversation now. Hello, bonjour, buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Welcome to episode 7 of Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to boost engagement with quick wins. Okay, so let's talk about quick wins. When I started teaching 18 years ago, I everything was new for me. The language, the culture, the country, and the profession. So it was a lot of confusion. And I remember going to all these faculty meetings and my principal talking about rigor, that he really wanted to see rigor in the class. Now, in my mind, I understood rigor as difficult. So when I was designing my lesson plans, I was looking at my content and say, oh, this has to be challenging enough for my students. Now, back then, I was approaching my class in a very traditional way. I was following a textbook with vocabularies and grammar. So, you know, I asked them to memorize a ton of words. I wanted them to master grammar conjugations really fast, to produce really fast. So it was kind of challenging for my students. And soon I discovered that more and more students were putting their head down. They were getting frustrated and they were misbehaving in the class. And it wasn't great. So one of the teachers that worked with me in in that school told me about quick wins. And she said to me, I said, you need to start the class with something that everybody can do. Everybody can feel successful that no matter, we had a lot of attendance problems. So she said to me, no matter if they have missed school for a week, they can open the textbook and do what you're asking them to do. And not only that's going to help you start the class on the right side, but also it's going to help some students to feel successful and maybe it will be enough confidence for them to continue with the class. So that was back then when I had a different approach to my class, but I think the concept of quick wins is also applicable today. And that's what we're going to share with you today. So first I'm going to share how the quick win concept applies in a comprehensible and communicative driven class. And also my five, my five favorite ideas to bring quick wins to my class. Okay, before I do that, I wanted to uh, share with you this free resource that I created, I think, two years ago. But I think it's great. And a lot of teachers who have used it have told me that really, really uh, work with their classes. And it's a one-page reading text. It's an article about how the Hispanic community celebrate 
Thanksgiving in the United States. So if you're interested, you can go to growingwithproficiency.com forward slash via de gracias, or you can find the link in the show notes. Okay, let's start about quick wings. Now, quick wings had a different concept when I was doing in a, when I was approaching my class in a traditional way. But today it's different because when I discovered that I have to provide comprehensible input for my students in order for them to acquire the language, I understood that the content of my, my, my class has to be comprehensible to all my students. So really, I wanted my class to feel easy because the rigor didn't come from the, the uh, content, the language, not understanding the language or conjugating the verse or memorizing these, the words. But the rigor in my class really relates to the fact that my students are listening to Spanish all the time and trying to construct meaning. And that is rigorous. I don't know if you have felt like that, but I do it every time that we go for a social gathering with new people, people that I don't know. It's so hard for me to get all the accents. And after one hour, I feel exhausted. I feel like my brain has worked a lot. And I think that's the feeling of our students. So there is rigor when we're using the target language in class because that is that is hard. It's the cognitive uh, load is huge for them. But when I'm talking about quick wins in our classes, I'm talking about those moments when we show what is evident that our students are learning and acquiring and can produce more. Now, why is that? Because sometimes our students, our classes are going to be different and our students don't see that progress. And that can be like disengaging for some of them. And some of them may feel like, okay, what are we doing here? We're not learning anything. I'm listening to this teacher talking and talking and we're doing these activities, but what is the purpose? And they may feel like they're not making progress. So when I'm talking about quick wings, is it going to be activities that our students do in class where they they are going to be super successful doing the activity, but also is an evidence of their progress in the class. And that is going to build not only competence and confidence, but also is going to build trust, trust on us. Because when we approach our class so differently, we may feel a lot of push back from our students. Like, what is this? What are you doing? From parents, from administration. So we want to build that trust. Like our students will say, I don't know exactly what you're doing here, or I kind of know, but I trust you because I see I'm making progress. That is the type of quick wins that I want to share with you. And that's the type of quick wins that boost engagement in my class. Okay, so let's start with number one. My number one activity is do nows. So do nows is an activity that I do at the very beginning of the class. And I want that activity to be very accessible to all my students. So why? Because I want to start the class with that feeling like, oh, I can do this. Oh my gosh, look at how much I understand. Oh, look at I got it right. Oh, this is great. I want my students to feel like that in the class when we started. Now, my do nows are always related to the story that I'm telling in the class, the article that we're reading, the the book that we're reading, the short clip that we just watch. And what we do, what I try to do is always try to bring 
for example, sentences with images where they can match the sentence with the image. Now, I'm very intentional on the language of the sentences. I want to use the structure that we have used the most, that we have re- reused and recycled the most because I know in those sentences in those structures is where my students are going to feel the most successful. And most of those structures are on my walls. So even if my student was sleeping for the first two months, didn't have a clue what's going on, if that student is looking at the walls, they're going to feel successful. So I wanted to have quick, I'm going to put a timer on this slide and I wanted to do this, do nows quick and accessible to all my students. Now, what do, what do I do after this? After I do the quick now, I want my students to share with a partner. I do a, a stand up, per app, share app, so they can check their answers. Why? Because then I'm going to do cold calls. Now, in these activities, I don't want my students to raise their hands because if they raise their hand, it's going to be the same five, six, or seven students who always want to share in the class because they're, they're doing great. And Awesome, right? But I don't want them to monopolize the conversation in the class. So I don't take hands for this. I do a cold call. But when I do the cold call, I have the certainty that my students, all my students have the answers because not only I gave them time to work individually, I was able to look at who was struggling if they do and help them. But then I also let them share with one or even two students. So they're ready to share. And I'm always going to call on those students who struggle in the class, who are not motivated in the class, who are showing me that they're not engaged in the class. And I'm going to just say, hey, what a great job you did. And we're all going to say, buen trabajo, good job, eh, when they finish. So that is a quick activity that is going to let us start the class like in a positive note. Now, the second activity is providing choices to show me what they understand. Now, in the past, I tend to ask specific questions for all my reading comprehensions because I wanted to know if they knew that. Now, if you didn't know, if you didn't know that specific word that I was looking or detail that I was looking for, then that was it. I, I got it wrong. I didn't understand. That's just disaster. But if you say instead, show me what you understood, then it can be anything that you understood. But also, but not only that, but also give them different choices to show you. So they can use Spanish, they can use Spanglish, they can use English, they can illustrate it. And then you're going to open the door. And I think my students feel uh, validated when every time that I do that, those type of activities, they feel like, I'm helping them, that, that I'm really there to support them and I'm not there to get them. Uh, and I'm going to share this with you because it happened last week. So I have one student in one of my classes and this student is really struggling. I don't even think that he's struggling. It's not even attempting. Like, it's just, you know what? I don't know. I'm sitting here. I'm going to go the entire year just sitting here. Uh, and we're doing free voluntary reading. Uh, and then last Friday, I said, I want you to write what you have been reading about. And I do once every two weeks. And I told them, you can write in English or in Spanish or Spanglish or Illustrated. Just show me what you have been reading about. And this student, and I gave them eight minutes to the entire class. And this student, at the end of the ten, ten eight minutes, 
the student wrote five sentences. You may think, oh my gosh, five sentences in Spanish three, that's nothing. It is great <laughs> because the one two weeks ago, he didn't write anything. This time, this student wanted to write more. But not only that, uh, this student came to me and said, uh, can you read what I wrote and let me know if I made any sense? And he did. And I was so excited for him. And again, it's just this quick win to show them, look how much you can do. You have been reading whatever you have chosen to read and you have been understanding and know now look why how much you have been making, like the progress that you have made. Great way to really boost the confidence in the student. Uh, so I love to do uh, choices when they understand. Now, uh, the third idea is exit tickets. Now, I know exit tickets are great for a, a like general practice, right? Like we want to check at the end of the class if they got it or, not, or did it. But I think exit tickets came to me with a different approach when Mike Pito explained to us in our training the exit tickets and how he's using exit tickets. So uh, Mike Pito uses exit tickets at the end of the class for the oral input. And he says, I just gonna make up five super like easy sentences, questions, whatever that I know 99% of my class can do it. And I'm gonna, and something that I can really look and grade fast. So, I mean, and a grade, I'm just saying with quotation mark. So he takes that and he looks over and say like, this is great, 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 great. And maybe he finds one per class. And then with that one, he can have a conversation the next day. So that's what I do. I do exit tickets, not every day, but like probably every other day. And I tell my class and say, we're going to do an exit ticket at the end. And I do it in a way that my students are going to be extremely successful. So I'm going to, again, it's the same concept as the do nows. I'm going to use not the new word that I just introduced that day. I'm going to change my language. So I'm using the, the ones that we use the most, that we have used the most, that my students have been acquired the most because I want them to, sh- to see how much they can understand. So I do five sentences, uh, true or false or translate or uh, listen and draw, just something quick that they can do. I do it at the, at the end of the five minutes and then they give it to me and I look at them. Now I put them in my grade portal in, as a grade it's a formative and it shouldn't be a grade, but at the end, it's always an A because I change it for the best one. But what I do is I write a note. So if I have a student who didn't do well in the exit ticket, I write a note say like, oh, wow, I saw this. What happened? How can I help you? How can I support you? Were you feeling well? I know that we can do this. Let's try, let's do one more again and we are going to get better and then I replace your grade. And they come the next day and they are ready to try it again. So exit tickets that show them, yes, I understood. Look how much I understood today. Again, is making it concrete what they have learned, what they have done in class. Okay, let's go with my fourth idea and it's supported output. Now, in the past, when I asked my students to produce output, I wanted them to produce output from their head. And sometimes I do that when it's like a free ride or, I mean, they have all the structure on the walls. But when it's something new, when it's something like something that we're trying in the class, 
or a specific activity, I give them a ton of scaffolds. I give them sentence starters. I give them vocab. And sometimes I even give them the option so they can choose whatever is, is for them, their preference and answer. Now you may be thinking, okay, Claudia, you're saying that for these activities, you have your students to write about their weekend and you give them all the language. And the answer is, yes, I do. <laughs> and I do. I give them the language so they can use it. So this is the great part that it took me years to understand. I'm giving them the language so they can use it. And when they use the language that you're giving them, they feel successful. They feel excited that they can use the language to communicate their ideas. And that's a huge, quick win for our learners. Now, I didn't do in the past because I didn't understand that input precedes output by a mile. So even though if my students are understanding a lot of language, it's going to take them some time, a long time, to be able to produce that language on their own. And it's going to be different for each one student, for each one of my students. So when you give them that scaffold, something's going to happen first. You will not have any more white papers, blank papers. You will not have the tendency of your students to be using online translator because you're giving them the support to produce it. So quick and supported output is huge for our students. It gave them voice. It gave them confidence. It gave them that sense of like, oh my gosh, look what I'm doing. Okay. Now let's go with the last one. This last one may be one of my favorites and is give to their students any one assessment on continuously, like repetitive, the same type of assessment where they can see in numbers their growth. There is nothing that motivates us the most that seeing that we're growing on something. I run, I mean, I used to run a lot. Now I run sometimes. But one of the things that I motivated the most, even though I don't love running, I kept going back to run because I wanted to beat my time. I wanted to maybe run longer or run faster. And I remember when I used um, 5Ks and I wanted to do beat my time from the last time. And that kept me going. And I'm not competitive myself. Eh, oh, that's what I think. But my husband thinks, disagree with me. But anyways, so knowing that you're growing and seeing the numbers is highly motivating. So that is hard in a language class because, you know, when we're talking about proficiency, it can go up and down and, you know, it's just difficult, but we can put it in numbers. So I'm going to share with you uh, two ways that you can do that. So the first one is free rights. And I learned this from John Coward. He gives free rights to uh, his class uh, often or when he was in the classroom often. And he kept a chart, like an Excel document where he plugged all the numbers every other week or every how often he did it, he plugged the number and then the students knew their numbers too and they saw how much they were growing. And that was exciting. Now, I do exactly the same thing in my class. And I'm telling you, every Friday that we do free rides, my students are like, Señora, look how many uh, how many words I wrote. Señora, how many words I wrote. They want to beat the number of words that they wrote last time. Now you may think, oh, but you're not really measuring uh, proficiency because his, num his, his account is, is number. Oh my gosh. Word count. And it's true. 
But still, you know, we're talking about fluency, we're talking about adding more words, and it's a quick win. Again, is making it concrete that they can see that they are growing, that they can do more with the language. I'm telling you, it works. Is I'm just super surprised every Friday because my students want to say, stop, they start counting the words and say, oh, I did five more, or I did 10. And they look at their neighbor and they wanted to see what the neighbor is doing and trying to beat that. Now, one more thing that you can do is do the average per class and maybe write it on your board and do kind of like a friendly competition among classes. And that is interesting. Okay, the next one is something that I learned from uh, Edu Protocols and it's called a protocol that is called Fast and Curious. So this one is gonna, uh, it's just very simple and it's giving a quiz to your class, the same quiz, many, many times throughout the period of your unit. So what I do is I select 10 structures or 10 keywords from my story. And I give, and I put it in uh, quizzes.com, which is a, a software that is free. And I have my students to take a quiz at the very beginning, and they're going to do terrible. And I write the average. I don't give them the grade on the, on the, um, as a grade at all, but I write the average on my, um, on my board. Then the, at the end of the class, I do it again, and it's really quick. And because we do it often, my students know. They know where to go. They know, they, they, they know exactly. And every day at the beginning, I think the first time it took us like 12 minutes, but now it takes us three minutes to get in, do the little quiz and move on. But then I always get the average and then they ask, so what is the average? What is the average? And I write it on the board and then they see how they are progressing, how they're making progress. So the first one is probably like 25 or 30%. And then the next one is more. And then the next one is more. And they get super excited. Now, again, last week I had one student who's like, oh my God, Senora, I got this. I got 94%. And you know, I started with 30%. This is amazing. She was super excited. Why? Because she see it, you, you know, when we have our classes, sometimes it's hard to see progress because they are getting a lot of input, putting their, it's so messy, putting their words together. And when they cry and they always find words that they don't know how to say. And sometimes like, oh, but you told me that word before and I still don't remember. So when we build in these type of activities in our lessons, our students are, get excited. So I do the same as um, I do this activity with all my classes. I write it on the board and we do a friendly competition among classes. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. They're 75, they're 85, they're 90, they're 92. One more. So those are my two free rides and fast and curious doing quizzes with structures that you're going to do. I don't do more than 10 and do it repeatedly, like different times, the same one over and over and over throughout the time that you're giving the story or you're going over your unit. Now, the same concept applies for lyrics training. So lyrics training is a website for music. And if you didn't uh, hear, if you haven't listened to episode six with Berta Delgadillo about music, this is a great time to, after you finish this, go back and listen to that because I love to use music, but I have found that Sometimes doing the activities can be so time consuming and I have this story and I have the book is so much. 
but I like to introduce one, one song like every month. And I love lyrics training. So in lyrics training, the songs are already there. The activities are already there. And basically you, you listen to the song and you choose the level, like if you want to be beginners or intermediate or advanced and they sing the song and they have like it's a close listening activity because you have to choose what is the word that they listen. So I do it as a class. I don't do it individually. So as a class we have, it's a brain break for me. So I have one student who goes in the front, we listen to the song and that student is selecting the word that is going to um, complete the lyric. And then it gave us a, a points for the class and I write it on my board and we keep track on how much we have improved. Last time we were number two, one of my classes were, were number two worldwide in one of the songs that we were listening and they were so excited. So again, it's bringing to the class and being intentional on showing your students doing an activity that they are making progress, that if they continue listening and trusting what you're doing in the class, they will be acquiring the language, that they already acquired the language. It's a slow process and it's messy, but they're making progress. They are growing like we are. So I hope this episode gave you, gave you a lot of ideas and inspiration to try that. But promise me that if you try any of these activities, you let me know how it goes. I love to hear your feedback. I love when you uh, send me a DM telling me that you're using these ideas. It's really motivating for me to keep doing these episodes. So that's it for today. I want to remind you that if you want to get your uh, this little article that I wrote about Thanksgiving for the Hispanic community, you can go to growingwithproficiency.com forward slash Dia de Gracias. And before I want, before I go, I want to ask you to please, if you are listening in Apple uh, podcast, uh, and if you enjoyed this podcast, write a review so other people, other teachers discover Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. That's it for today. I hope that you have a great uh, week and I will see you next Thursday. Bye. Nos vemos. Chao, chao.